Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening, Hope Church. My name's Pete Boel, and I'm bringing you a New Year's message from the Albemarle Sound here with some friends. So what are the ways we most need changing in 2024? What has the depth and the power to bring about that change? Does trying harder to fill the gap between who we are and who we want to be really make a difference? These are some of the most common resolutions in 2023. Maybe they were some of yours. Here they are, eat better, exercise more, improve mental health, save money, spend less time on social media and more time with family and friends. Maybe they were yours, but what do you wanna hope for in 2024? I think we desire the best life or at least a better life, but often there's a battle within us between light and darkness, a battle between the good we desire and the bad patterns we developed to deal with the stress in our lives. So what is it that we need to change? What has the depth and power to make that change in 2024? With a beautiful Albemarle sound behind me and my friend Jackie beside me, I wanna consider three things on this New Year's Eve. The power of Sabbath and the beauty in it to change our lives. The depth of suffering and its meaning for us and the encouragement of community. I don't think our souls were built to bear the weight of the world we live in. The Bible says, return to rest, O my soul. It seems to me that the Word of God says we need to speak to our souls because they can be so discouraged. But we're a restless bunch. It's hard to slow down. We are surrounded by people and stimulation but often so many of us are lonely. Even our good friends don't know the depth of our struggle. We live in a world of Sabbath distraction. We hold many computers in our hands and the tyranny of the urgent makes it hard to rest. I have a friend who just recently visited his college son in Georgia and they were having a meal together and some of the fraternity brothers that were with them said, let's put all of our phones in the center of the table, phones down, because they wanted to focus on one another. But that's not what it's like in our culture. Our culture tells us to look at the blue screens while casting a shadow on our childlike souls. Psalm 33 tells us the earth is full of God's unfailing love. Here's what he says. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of their mouth. He gathers the water of sea into jars, and he puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. Whatever hard that may enter our lives in 2024, the waves are still going to come. The sun is still going to rise. The sun is still going to set, and there is so much out there for us. But do we have the eyes to see? Are we too busy grazing on the things around us to look up and see the glory of the Lord? We weren't created to be like the animals, brute beasts who are grazing around but get so distracted by any stimulus and then lower their heads again to graze on the grass of the field. We we're made to look up. The earth is full of God's unfailing love. I wonder when God made the sunset 
or put the moon and stars in place to lift the tide and make the ways if he had us in mind. I wonder when God made the mountains and opened the storehouses of heaven to make the rivers flow, if he wanted us to look up, to look up and get a glimpse of God's glory. We're missing so much. There is beauty to be found and glory to be known. So lift up your heads in this new year and hold out your hands. The earth is full of his unfailing love and it's waiting for you. There is a battle between light and darkness within us. And I found in my own life, I am completely disoriented without Sabbath. My insides churn and there's more worry than wisdom in my decision-making. So what has the power and the depth to make a change in 2024? Let Sabbath win, not the tyranny of the urgent. Phones down and time aside for Sabbath. But then what about when suffering comes? There's never an easy answer to suffering. And I have found that there are two major bookends in this life. It seems to be that there is joy and there is suffering and there's the in-between. And I think we know really well what to do with the joy, but the suffering and the heartbreak of it is too much for many of us to bear. It's not news that suffering is gonna be part of our life's equation, but what will we do when it comes in 2024? We live in the Western world that wants to fix everything, but sometimes there isn't an easy answer. Sometimes there's only grief. I get emotional even as I say it because of the many hospital visits that I have made lately. Oh, how we wish every sickness could be healed and every child could be made well again. We desire resolution, but sometimes there's only uncertainty and prayer for our God to intervene. We try to lay down and rest at night, but a quiet cry escapes from our lips and it makes it hard for us to sleep. We pray, Lord, please come with healing in your wings. We plead with God to enter in, but this is what I've learned over the years. The cross of Jesus Christ tells me that Jesus has already entered in. Our relationship with God in the joy is also our relationship with God in the suffering. So we don't abandon God when the suffering comes. We don't abandon Him. We draw every near and we draw near to one another as well. Kate Bowler, who was fighting cancer, once said, Scripture can often become a weapon in the hands of the very certain. She went on to say, it's hard to die in a culture that believes everything happens for a reason. Kate says, when you're drowning in other people's reasons for suffering, it's harder to feel the love of God. Sometimes there's only presence in suffering. Sometimes there is only love. Theologian N.T. Wright says this, he believes that out of our lament, we grow closer together. Out of our lament grows love. And that feels meaningful to me. The Bible is full of lament. In suffering, we feel like we're in a small room alone. But sometimes we have to zoom out and remember we're not alone. Suffering is a part of our life. It was a part of Jesus' life. 
It is why he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me on the cross? Psalm 13 says, how long, Lord? How long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? But then Psalm 13 ends this way, but I will trust in your unfailing love. In lament and suffering, we're not telling God or one another what God must do. In lament, we rehearse God's goodness until we can believe it again. Paul Tripp writes, Jesus was willing to come and suffer and die so that we would have a way better story. He suffered so that our suffering would end forever. So what has the power to bring change in the new year? Honest lament. And sometimes we're gonna to have to borrow someone else's faith to get us through. We have to draw near to God and to one another and know that God is still by our sides. What are the ways we most need changing? What has the depth and power to bring this change in 2024? There is Sabbath. There is honest suffering that deepens our faith. And there is community. I said the two bookends in life are joy and suffering. But then there's a muddling middle. There's the grind of every day. What do we do with that? Most of us are spending time in the middle and not on those two extreme emotions of joy and suffering. Well, we need one another in the middle. The Bible says encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. One of my favorite letters in the New Testament is Philippians. Paul writes from prison in chains, but he knows he's not alone. He speaks with such intimacy. And he says this to the people that are around him and praying for him. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Everything we learn, even a small amount of wisdom or comfort, becomes something that we can give away. Jesus is making us into people who move into one another's lives with constructive intent. Every word of comfort we bring someone, every time we are led to write that note, every time we think about making the call and then we really do it, we become a word of grace to someone who may feel like they're losing hope. We need one another. And I think it should be said that 2024 is gonna be an election year and politics has a unique ability to divide us. But remember, first and foremost, we are a community of people gathered around the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus prepared his followers right before his death on the cross, he prayed for unity among believers. One of the last things recorded that Jesus prayed for us was unity. And I believe he still intercedes for us today in that way. There are some people who would say there are a lot of liberals at Hope, and there are others that will say there's a lot of conservatives. It can divide us, or in love, it can unite us. This is what Jesus said. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know you sent me 
and that you love them as much as you love me. Our division politically can make a message of unity seem naive. From our bank accounts, our state of the economy, to our positions on social issues, perfect unity seems impossible. Maybe it's true. Maybe the stakes are too high. But remember, one pastor said, a rabbi from the first century, from a nowhere town, standing with 12 nobodies, with no political power, said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. One day, our political parties will be over and Jesus will still be king. And his church with its imperfect people will still be standing. So, eat better, exercise more, spend less time on social media and more time looking at the sunset. Those are all good things, but what really has the power to make lasting change in the deeper places? What has the power to bring our souls out of the hiding into the light again? There is the power of Sabbath to remind us we're created in the image of God. We're made to look up, to receive beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Phones down and look up. There is glory to be seen. And then there's power of honest lament when suffering comes. When someone feels like their heart is breaking, there is something we can do. We can show up with ever simple tools that we have and draw near to them. Sometimes there's not an answer. There is only God and bringing a meal out of lament will grow our love. And finally, there is the power of community. Remember, you're not alone. So many people feel alone, but you're not alone. We are all broken people in the need of our God. And first and foremost, we are a community of people gathered around the person of Jesus Christ. We gather on a Sunday and then we scatter into our homes and schools and businesses and neighborhoods through the week, offering grace to the weary and to one another until we meet again. There's a song I've listened to lately called Miracle Child. It's source when it proclaims, you're the living, breathing God of glory. I'm a living, breathing testimony. You're the one who turns the dead end into stories. I'm a living, breathing testimony. What has the depth and the power to bring change? His name is Jesus Christ. He is a name above all names. He is the son of the living God. He's a living, breathing God of glory. How I want to be a living, breathing testimony. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never overcome it. Let that be our story in 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. God bless you.